Don't you like when you get up to say something and you drop everything all over the floor? And, uh, and then you, you have this plan all in place that, uh, that, that you got them in the right order. You just got to pick them off the top. So just so you know, I got to pick them off the top, off under my Bible, and off the piano now. So I'll endeavor to pick them at the right time. So I don't know about you, but I spent some years, and I may even have a Ph.D. in this. You know, I've spent some years, and if you and if you and if you add, if you if you have one, subtract a tiny, and you have three, it would be called in my book. It would be called a hay fork. Okay, if you add another six or eight tines, it would be called an insulage fork or a silage fork. This, in, in my world, was a pitchfork. And, 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 and I, I've learned early in my life that there's no pitch in this fork until it's in your hand. It gets credit for being a pitchfork, but it doesn't pitch anything. You are the one who pitches with this fork. And if you've ever jumped into a calf pen that has been a, a free-running calf pen for the winter months, and it was your job to pitch out what was in that calf pen from, from about November through March, it was quite a lot of work. And, and, and it was packed down, and it was work. It was very much work. But it doesn't really matter what fork you put in your hand. It was always work. There was no hydraulics on our farm. There was no hydraulics. It was pitchforks and, 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 and muscle. That's what it was. Well, another thing I've learned, that it was hard work, but also that the environment was not very pleasant. Anytime you put a fork, a hay fork, a pitchfork, or a silage fork in your hand, the, you went into an environment that was not very pleasing. And so you were working hard in an environment that was rough to be in, and it was your job to work and get the work done. As I read through the Scripture, I find that that can be very similar when I put the Word of God in my life. When I put the Word of God in my life and I began to work out what God wants me to do and be the kingdom worker that He wants me to be. There is a challenge because the environment is not, is, not, is not pleasant at times, and the work is hard. Look at this passage of Scripture from Timothy. It says this, and I was reading this this past week. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Uh, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, and not lovers of good, treacherous and rash and conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. But then I read in the same Bible, I read this. The next slide is this. And then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send some people into that very hostile environment because I love them. And then I read this in the same Bible too. Push the button. Be merciful to those who doubt. Just so we know it's the same environment. 
Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. To others show mercy, uh, to show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by the corrupted flesh. And in the same scripture I read this. You are the light of the world. So I put that all together this week, and this is what it says. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be, then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the, but the be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, and boastful, and proud, and abusive. Workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, to send workers into the, his harvest field, unforgiving and slanderous, and without self-control and brutal, and not lovers of good. Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. Treacherous and rash and conceited and lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them, stained by the corrupted flesh. You are the light of the world. The environment is rough. The work is mighty. And just so we know, how, how do I become a Matthew 9, Jude 1, and Matthew 5 worker in a 2 Timothy 3 world? That's what I want to know. How do I work in that environment? How do I meet those challenges? The work is challenging, and the environment is tough. The work and the environment will not change. The difference must be made in the worker. The pack manure never got easier to pitch. The environment never smelled better. It was the worker who had to go in to a tough environment. It was the worker who had to put the pitch in the fork. It was the worker who had to go in and get the job done. It was the worker who had to set his mind to it. It was the worker who was saying, no, I will not quit until the job is done. No matter how tough the environment is, no matter what is going on in this world, no matter what is going on in this world, the work is tough and the environment is tough, but I will go in there. God strengthen this worker because I will not give up. The kingdom worker must be ready to work for the work and for the environment. How do we get ready for the work and the environment? Are you going to wait? Am I going to wait? Are we going to wait for the environment to change, for people to get nicer? Just so we know, the Bible says that's not going to happen. Are we going to wait for the work to get easier? Just so we know, it's not going to change. The environment is not going to change. The work is still the same. And God is expecting you and I to step into a very tough environment and bring the word and bring the gospel and bring God's love and his grace and his mercy into a very tough world. It's the worker who has to change. Please, church, we cannot wait for the environment to change. You cannot wait for your coworkers to get nicer. You cannot wait for people not to yell. You cannot wait for, we cannot wait for the work to get easier. It's not going to get easier. Carrying the gospel to this world is not going to get easier, but it's something that has to be done. And I wonder if I will do it, if we will do it. And I need a daily dose of something to strengthen the worker so I don't throw in the towel 
and just, and just I, I'm looking forward to the day that Jesus comes to. But I am not going to stay in my house all penned up and just wait for Jesus to return because there is a world out here that God loves. And he's put the church in the middle of a hard environment. He's put the church in the middle of a hard environment and gave him a hard job to do. But he doesn't expect you and I to do it alone. But he does expect you and I to do it. To carry this message of God's love and his grace. The message that we sang about today into this world. I need a daily dose of Psalm 138 is where we're going today. I need a daily dose of Psalm 138. If I can take the daily dose of Psalm 138, I think that I can be strong. And so I can put the pitch into the fork and I can get the job done. No matter what the environment was. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praises. He will praise the Lord before the gods. And we need to realize that our God is bigger than anything. That God, our God is bigger than the culture. He's bigger than your career. He's bigger than your pain. He's bigger than your bank account. He's bigger than your fear. He's bigger than your addiction. He's bigger than your youth, and he's bigger than your old age. He's bigger than your trials, and he's bigger than our culture, and he's bigger than my sickness and your sickness, and he's bigger than my ability, and he's bigger than my past, he's bigger than my present, and he's bigger than my future. We need a good, solid dose that God is bigger we need to take the vitamin that our God is bigger. He is bigger than whatever we're facing. And until we get the realization that God is bigger, we are going nowhere. We're going to stay penned up. Our God is bigger than anything this world has. And he wants to breathe that bigger into you. Because the environment is not going to change. The work is not going to get easier. It's you and me that has to know that our God is bigger. And I don't know what you're facing today. We sing this song, and I love this song. Tasha Leonard Cobb sings it. Fear is not my future. You are. Sickness is not my story. You are. Heartbreak is not my home. You are. Death is not my end. You are. And I've added a few verses. Money is not my power. You are. Youth is not my strength. You are. Pain is not my destiny. You are. And we need to swallow some Psalm 138. We need to swallow some, some God is bigger than anything out there. And he has called me to work. He has put a fork in my hand. And he wants to put the pitch in my muscles. And he wants to get the job done through the church. If we are going to be Matthew 9 and Jude 1 and Matthew 5 workers in a 2 Timothy 3 world, we need a daily dose of God is bigger. We need to know God is bigger than whatever we're facing. That God is bigger. And I know we sing about it, and, 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 but I don't know, in my soul at times, I don't know if I got the dose of God is bigger. And every day I'm crying out to the Lord and saying, God, you've got to show me that you're bigger. You've got to show me that you're bigger than what I'm going through. You've got to show me that you're bigger than what, is facing, what I'm facing. You've got to show me that you're bigger. Show me, God, that you're bigger. Second, second verse of 
Psalm 130, it says, I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name for your love and your faithfulness, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. You've got to bow down toward his temple. And just so we know, the temple wasn't even built at this time. He's not bowing down in some direction, some physical direction. He is seeking the very presence of God. So I'm going to bow down in the very presence of God. And we need a daily dose of the very presence of God. Listen to what Psalm 100 says in the, in the, in the, in the Passion Translation. Lift up, lift, lift, lift up a great joy, a shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead, do it! Everyone, everywhere, worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God. For he is our creator and we belong to him. And we are his people of, the, of his pleasure. The people of his pleasure. He can, you can pass through his open gate with a password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come bring your thanksgiving, thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He, he is so loving that it will, that it, he is so loving that it will amaze you. So kind that it will astound you. He is famous for his faithfulness toward all, everyone knows our God can be trusted for he keeps his promises through the generations. We need a daily dose of the presence of God. Are you getting that? Are you getting a daily dose of the very presence of God? Are you, are you, setting, are you taking Psalm 100? Am I taking Psalm 100 at his word and say, come into my presence because I'm, I'm telling you the environment's not going to change and the work is not going to change. I'm going to change the worker. And I'm going to change the worker by letting them know that I am bigger than anything else. And I'm going to change the worker by giving them a dose of my very presence. Will you take a dose of his very presence? Or will you just be like my brother and I when we first started putting the pitch into a fork? We put more fist into the fight than we did the pitch in the fork. And I can remember my dad saying, if you'd spend half as much energy and he'd fill in the blank, doing the job, it would be done by now. Church, wake up. New life, wake up. Church, wake up. I just get the pitch and the fork and not the fight in the, not the fist in the fight. Because God says, I want to put power in you like you have never experienced before. And I want you to know that I'm bigger than whatever you're facing out there. And I want you to know some stuff from my very presence. And I want you to get a daily dose of my very, very presence. And he continues with verse 2 again. I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name for your love and your faithfulness are in there. He said, I need to saturate you with my love. As we spend time with him, something happens. God begins to saturate us with his love, with his kindness, with his favor. He begins to saturate you and I with his love and faithfulness. But he won't get saturated. It's like trying to take a shower and standing outside the shower. You would be, you, it would be ludicrous. 
And you might even say stupid to say, I'm going to get a shower and never get in the tub. And God says, how do you think I'm going to pour my love in you? How do you think I'm going to pour my faithfulness in you, my sureness and my reliability and my stability? How do you think I'm going to do that unless you get into my very presence? We just want God to fix our problems sometimes. We don't want him to strengthen the worker. God, can you just control the culture? Can you just control the environment, God? We're going to spend a whole evening and we're going to pray that God will stop the culture, that God will go stop and change the environment. And God says, I have no intention of changing the environment. I have every intention of changing the worker. Let him in his very presence begin to saturate you with his love and his faithfulness because he wants to rock your world. He's bigger than anything you're facing. He's bigger than anything you're facing. And he wants to rock your world. And as you spend time in his very presence, he's going to saturate you with his love and faithfulness. With his sureness and his reliability and his stability, in his kindness and his favor and his goodness, he wants to shower you with that. But if we don't ever get into his very presence, we will never experience that. If we are going to be Matthew 9 and Jude 1 and Matthew 5 workers in a 2 Timothy 3 world, we need a daily dose of God's love and faithfulness. Just so you know, you need it every day because you leak. You know that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life? That's like a Ford pickup I had one time. The 10W40 followed me all the days of my life. And God says you've got to continue to be filled and continue to be filled and continue to be filled because it's running out of you and I want it to run out of you. But you can't get enough on Sunday morning to last you through the week. You've got to spend some time in my very presence so I can fill you up again with my love and my faithfulness and let you know that I'm here and let you know that I'm bigger than what you're facing, let you know that I'm bigger than the environment that you live in. I'm bigger than the job that I gave you. You've got to know that I'm bigger than the environment and I'm bigger than the job and come into my very presence and let me saturate you with the love because when you're in an environment where there is no love, it's going to be rough unless you're saturated with my love. I need to give you a daily dose of my love and faithfulness. Still in verse 2, he says, I bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name for your love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things, two things. You have exalted your name and your word. And God says, you know, what, you know what exalt means? To increase in intensity in the effect of. You know what I want to do in there? I want to saturate you with my with my love and my faithfulness, but I want to intensify something in your life. And it's my name. It's my character. It's who I am. I want that to be a real thing in your life. I want you to know that I am, that I am Yahweh Makadishim, the Lord that forgives and makes pure. I want to inten I just don't want you to know that in your head. I want you to know that in your soul. I want to intensify who I am, that I am Yahweh Rohi, the Lord my shepherd cares for me. 
I want to I want to intensify in your life uh, Yahweh Shema. The Lord is present. I want to intensify in your life Yahweh Rapha, the Lord who heals the mind, the body, and the soul. I need that intensified in my life. But as I spend time in the presence of God, and as He pours His love and His faithfulness into me, I begin to see how big my God is, and He begins to exalt He Himself in my life. Am I making sense today? Or we can wait for the environment to change. And we can get in our bunkers with our cans of beans. If you're a prepper, God's prepping you right now. Come into my presence. I'll prep you with everything you need. You don't need to bury an old school bus in the back lawn. You need to spend some time in my very presence. And I will prep you with everything that you need. My love and my faithfulness, and I will let you know who I am. And I will intensify that over and over and over and over in your life. You will know that I am the Lord who provides. I am the Lord who gives victory. And I am the Lord of peace. Uh, settle your mind and your heart and your soul in the, in the face of chaos. you got to know that I'll do that. And I want to intensify that in your life. But you need to spend some time with me. Would you stop looking for number? Would you just shut off the news? And spend some time with God. You want to get ready for the world that's out there? The newscaster is not going to make you ready. God is. Just so you know, we just sang that he is the God of tomorrow. And not only will he set you up with victory for tomorrow, but personally and in your family and in your life. But the challenge is sometimes we know more how to play with the, by the, rural, the, the world's rules than we do God's rules. And God said, I want you to know who I am. I want to intensify I will exalt, I, I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name for your love and your faithfulness for you have exalted above all things your name and your word has intensified his word in our lives. Hebrews 4 and 12 says this. Hebrews 4 and 12 says this. He says, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. You know what God's looking for? He's not looking for scripture. People who can, who, can, who can just speak a verse. He needs someone, he wants someone to proclaim it. Not just quoting scripture, but proclaiming the word of God. He said, I want to intensify the word of God in your life. Can I intensify the word of God in your life? What portions, God, do you want to intensify? See, that's my question. The love my enemy stuff, not so much. Be healed, yeah, I'll take some of that. God said, I want to intensify it all in your life. I want to get you to have a dose of intensified word of God in your life. 
Because the environment is not going to change. The environment is not going to change, and the work is not going to easy, get easier. And there's no pitch in the fork unless you and I grab a hold of the fork and start doing it under the power of God and start changing this world through the gospel and through the word of God. This world will change. People need Jesus. And God says, I know that. And I'm trying to do that in your life. And I want to do it in your life. And if we're going to be a Matthew 9 and Jude 1 and Matthew 5 workers in a 2 Timothy 3 world, we need a daily dose of the intensified name and word of God. We need a big dose. Push the button. We need this big dose of God is bigger. He is bigger. He is his very presence and his love and his faithfulness. We need a big dose of that. We need a big dose that he is ready to do something in and through you. Can he do something in and through you? Can he? Because I don't think God's looking for a bunch of complainers about culture and about this world and about our environment. Just, just frankly, there are completely enough complainers about this world. If complaining was going to change this world, it would have already done it. But it's the people who spend time with God and understand God is bigger than anything and is saturated with his love and his faithfulness and has is, and is, and is intensified his name and his character and intensified his word in your life. They're the ones who are ready for the work, no matter what the environment is. Look at verse 3. When I called, you answered me. You made me bold and stout-hearted. See what's happening here? He's taking enough vitamins. And all of a sudden, he's starting to feel the effect of spending time with God. Do you see that? He's starting to feel the effect. And he said, you made me bold and stout-hearted. You made me bold and stout-hearted. A Matthew 9 and Jude 1 and Matthew 5 worker in a Timothy world. In a 3 Timothy 3 world. Stout-hearted, bold, and stout-hearted. Bold means willing to face danger and adventure. And stout-hearted means courageous and unyielding. You see what's happening as, as we begin to consume God and spend time with God. And as God begins to do something in our life. And as God begins to saturate us with his word and his name and his love and his faithfulness. And we begin to say, God is bigger than anything. I begin to get bold and stout-hearted. That's what's happening to the psalmist. And then look what happens in verse 4 and 5. This is King David. May all the kings of the earth praise you, O Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. May they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. You see what David's doing? All the kings need this. David is having such an effect. It's having such an effect on, on David that he, now he says all the kings of this world need this. What if it had such an effect on all the dads in this room that they just stood up and said, you know what, I don't know what else is going on, but all the dads need this. All the husbands need this. What if all the ladies stood up and said, I don't know, but all the wives need what I've got because it's transforming my life. 
And all the parents would say, I, 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 I am not going to stop until all the parents know this truth. Because all the parents need this. Because they're trying to raise kids in this culture. And they need this. And they need this. And David says, man, God is doing such a work in my life that I'm thinking all the kings need this. All the people like me need this. All the men need this. All the ladies need this. All the kids need this. All the teenagers need this. All, the, all of you that have screwed up your life and you don't think you can go forward. Yes, you can. Because it doesn't depend on you. It depends on God. And he's bigger. And his very presence is open to you and I. And his love and his faithfulness are real. And his name and his word is real. And he wants to intensify that in our life. The job is not going to change. The environment is not going to get better. It's you and I that's got to do it. So we can be bold. And we can be Stout-hearted. Verse 6. Though the Lord is on high, he looks upon the lowly, but the proud he knows from afar. You know what I think is happening in the psalmist's life here? He's beginning to realize that God does know what's going on. So you get this dose of God's bigger and this dose of his very presence and this dose of his love and his faithfulness and this dose of his, of his character and his name and this dose of the word of God. And all of a sudden you start to get bold and stout-hearted. And all of a sudden you start realizing God is at work in this environment. Did you ever wonder that? God, are you doing anything? I'm doing a lot. You just can't see it. You spend time with me and you're going to see a lot more of what I'm doing because I'm going to show you what I'm doing. The psalmist is seeing that God is doing something. He said, God, you do know. God, you do know. The, God, you do see. God, you do hear. And verse 7 says this, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes, and your right hand, you save me. See, not only does God know and see and hear, but he's also a hands-on God. Are you with me this morning? But we're never going to know him as a hands-on God unless we spend time with him. And let his love and faithfulness saturate us. And let his character and his name and who he is and his word to pour into our hearts and our souls and our minds. We're going to think God is doing nothing. And God says, I want to show you what I'm doing. But you've got to spend time with me. And you'll see I am busy all over the place. And I'm going to invite you to be a part of that work. Because there's a lot of pack in this, in this environment that needs to be pitched. There's a lot of pack in a bad environment, hard work, but will you be one of the workers? You'll find out that I am a hands-on God. And verse 8 finishes the psalm and he says this, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. 
Your love, O oh Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. The Lord will fulfill the purpose in me. God, you're inviting me. Now I know why I'm here. I know what you want me to do. But again, I want the microwave version of this. And God says you need to sit in the crock pot for a while. Push the button, please. We need a dose of God is bigger and a very pre the very presence and his dose of his love and faithfulness of his name and his word. You'll be, be being made bold and stout-hearted, wanting all to experience this same thing. Do you got a hunger for somebody else to experience what you're experiencing? That's God. If you've got a checklist faith, you probably aren't hungry for someone else to pick up your checklist and start checklisting it. But if you've got this intimate relationship with God and spending time with Him and realizing who He is and watching that intensify in your life, all of a sudden God gives you a want to have other people want it. And then you start looking at other people, not as bad guys, but people who need the presence of God. And we will be knowing that God knows and sees and hears and knowing that God is a hands-on God and knowing that God will fulfill his purpose in me. We need to get the pitch back in the fork. We got a whole lot of forks in this country, in this world, sitting in the corner. And the environment smells like a six-month-old pack. And if you don't know what that smells like, I could sign you up with a farmer so you can. And God says, come close. I'll put the pitch in you. And you will rock this world. We need a big dose of Psalm 138. How about a new life? Tomorrow morning, this evening, just start asking God, to give you a dose that he's bigger. To give you a dose of his presence. Give you a dose of his love and faithfulness. And give you a dose of his character and his name and the word. And watch what it does. It'll make you bold and stout-hearted. It'll give you a heart for the lost. And you'll see God working all over the place. How about it? Stand with me today. <clears throat> Father, thank you. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the Psalm 138, and, and just realizing that you are the God who invites us close. 
as Tobin quoted earlier, why we were still sinners, you died for us and you showed your love for this. And why would you shut the door now? If the door was open to know you when we were at odds with you and had our backs toward you, and now that we come and we face you, why wouldn't we think the door is wide open for a deeper walk with you? It is. So God, saturate us with your bigger than anything, your very presence, your love and your faithfulness. Saturate us with your name, your character, who you are, yourself. And saturate us with your word. And we will watch what it does in our life. We will watch that it makes us bold and stout-hearted. We will watch that it gives us the heart for the lost and the world that so desperately needs Jesus. And we will begin to have eyes to see that you are working. So, Lord, help us to put the pitch back in the fork and get the pack cleaned out for your honor and for your glory, God. Father, we love you, and that's because you first loved us. So thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, amen. Have a great day.